What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out to Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. It's a May Day Monday. That's right. Lots of recap. Good, bad, and ugly from a great weekend after the uh, severe weather of Friday night, which was uh, pretty good haymakers, pretty good storm. Boy, clean things out. What a weekend we had. Cool and breezy on Saturday. Warmer yesterday. Temperatures into the 90s, but uh, really, really nice to be outside. Hope you got to do that. There were a lot of outdoor activities going on throughout the uh, great state now around central Texas. Uh, there you were, wherever you were, you get outside and enjoy that this weekend. Also, recapping a busy weekend on the uh, fields and courts of play. Yesterday's what, uh, really the weekend, are what sports, for me, are all about. And I think for a lot of us, the uh, the uncertainty, the unknown, Game 7s, draft uh, draft picks, uh, when you're not, not sure, waiting for that next pick, and whose life will be changed. And uh, we saw that over and over again with the NFL draft for seven rounds and then uh, two three Game 7s yesterday. Uh, a lot of good stuff on the sports landscape to recap for you. Also, the other stories of the day and the weekend. Get into our coaches' corner coming up. We'll uh, get into the Longhorns drafted, five of them in total, including, of course, Bijan Robinson, number eight overall. Then uh, DeMarvion Overshone was picked on Friday night to the Dallas Cowboys, which excited a lot of uh, Longhorn fans who also root for that team. And then three more on Saturday, and we'll recap Excited all of them. Excited me because dreams can come true. Dreams Remember that. can come true. Dreams can come true. For hey, uh, as weird as they are, as weird, weird as, as they that are, that's pretty weird. But on the good, bad, and ugly Monday, which is how we do it, we always encourage you to hit us with the uh, the good from the weekend for you, the bad and the ugly for your favorite team. Our man CB has sent a tweet that says the ugly. Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher is the uh, the topic of his ugly. He says. Uh, in five years at AM, this is a Stuart Mandel tweet that he forwarded to us. In five years at AM, Jimbo Fisher has had two players selected in the first or second round. During Kevin Sumlin's last five years, including the draft after his was let go, AM produced six first rounders and two second rounders. So not just on the field, Jimbo Fisher not getting it done, also developing players to the NFL on the next level. Not at a high level. Not at a high level. That's what the Longhorns hope they're flipping right now with Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns. No players drafted a year ago. Five this year. Two signed as preferred free agents right after the draft. And uh, most already expecting that number to continue to grow into next year's draft. Those way too early mock drafts are out. And you see guys like, uh, you know, Keandre Coburn. Excuse me, Keandre Coburn. Um, you see guys like uh, Jatavion Sanders who would be draft eligible at tight end. You see Xavier Worthy. You see Quinn Ewer's name. I got to tell you, Buck. When Kelvin Banks is draft eligible, if he stays healthy and on this track, you, who, to, who knows how high of a pick he will be? It's true. Do you realize Kelvin Banks is a true freshman, and this is now fact? Went up against four first-round draft pick defensive ends and pass rushers. Four who all were drafted in the first thirty-one picks, including Will Anderson, who went two overall. Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, went uh, eight seven overall. Uh, Will McDonald of Iowa State went 15th overall. And then the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Felix Anyaduke Ozama, was picked by the Kansas City Chiefs with the 31st pick. As a freshman, against all four of those players, Kelvin Banks allowed zero sacks. Yes. Not one. 
Now, Kelvin needs to work on his, his run blocking a little bit. That can get better, but his pass pro is already very high level. I mean, to go, up for, go against all four of those guys and not give up a single sack. And if you go back to the Iowa State game and the K-State game, those two guys were not even a factor in the ball game. I mean, oh, no. Will, Will Anderson made some plays against Texas. Uh, he also jumped offside. And the kid offside. from TCU didn't do anything either. I don't really. think, well, and Dylan Horton, who the Cowboys took, excuse me, the Texans took him in the fourth round right before Roshan Johnson was picked, which I like. He was the, he was the sack leader in the Big 12 this year, Dylan Horton at TCU. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, I don't remember him doing too much against the Longhorns and Kelvin Banks. Kelvin Banks is an equalizer, man. That guy, that is imp- that's impressive to put on your resume. That as an 18 year old, you stoned those guys for the most part, and they all went in the first 31 picks of of the NFL draft. Just in keep April. progressing. Just keep getting better, and that's the exciting part for Longhorn fans because you're starting to see that development, right? See, I don't think last year at this time we'd have thought Demarvion Overshawn would be a top 90 pick into the NFL draft. He was. Uh, Keandre Coburn and Moore Ojimo were probably not even on draft boards as of this time last year. Oh, they were year. free agents. And they both got drafted. So that's the development you want to see at all positions. And if it continues on top of the acquisition of talent that they're, they're, uh, they've are they been able to show, uh, look out. Longhorns can be back into that cycle of uh, the good times. But so got to continue to get better. Let's get to the other headlines of the morning, including the Longhorn baseball team with a great win yesterday to win the series at TCU. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with Texas baseball, and yeah, what a finish to the uh, series clinching win over the long over the TCU Horn Frogs yesterday, three to two in Fort Worth. Longhorns took Game One on Saturday night, eight to four behind Lucas Gordon, and they were clinging to a one run lead in the ninth yesterday, three to two. And TCU put runners on the corners with only one out, but Texas reliever David Shaw coaxed a game ending double play the hard way when he uh, when the TCU transfer Porter Brown caught a shallow fly in left field. And threw out the tagging runner from third at the plate for a game-ending double play. Longhorns approved to 30 and 15 on the year, 10 and 7 in Big 12 conference play. They go for the sweep today with Tanner Witt scheduled to make his return from Tommy John surgery today. David Pierce told us in our conversation with him last Thursday that Tanner will get the first inning, most likely. He will be on a pitch count, but what a uh, jolt that can be for the ball club. Game set for one o'clock today. You can hear it on 101.9 and AM 1260, also streaming on the Horn app. As we told you, Texas football saw now five former Longhorns drafted in the NFL over the weekend. A year ago, they saw zero players drafted. We'll run down who and where coming up in our coach's corner Sunday. What a national scene day it was in sports. They had three game sevens, two in the NHL, one in the NBA. And the NBA game featured an all-time historic performance in a game seven. Steph Curry poured in 50 points to lead Golden State to a 120-110 closeout win in Sacramento. Highest individual point total in a game seven in league history. It advances the Warriors into the second round where they will face the top seeded or face the Lakers. The other Western Conference semifinal is already underway. Top seeded Denver rolled past Phoenix in game one of that series on Saturday night. Also yesterday after knocking out the top seeded Milwaukee Bucks in round one, the eighth seeded Miami Heat rolled into New York and took down the Knicks in game one of that Eastern Conference semifinal series 108-101. Jimmy Butler, of course, led the way with 25. Game one and the other semi in the East is set for tonight. Boston hosting Philadelphia. Pair of game sevens in the NHL, an all-time stunner in Boston last night. Bruins, who posted the greatest regular season the league's ever seen. 30, uh, 65-12-5, and 135 points. Well, they're out as the Florida Panthers scored a goal late in regulation to tie it and then a goal in overtime to win it 4-3, to three, and they take the series four games to three. An upset in Colorado last night as well. That's where the Seattle Kraken became the first expansion team to beat the reigning Stanley Cup champs in their inaugural playoff series. They took down the Avalanche 2-1. to one. Major League Baseball, what a weekend for the Texas Rangers. They, after dropping the first game of their four-game series with the Yankees on Thursday, Texas proceeded to win the next three, including a 15-2 to two romp yesterday. Not all good news for Texas, though. Club yesterday placed their oft-injured ace, Jacob 
Jacob DeGrom on the injured list with what they're calling right forearm tightness down in Houston. Meanwhile, Astros avoided a three-game sweep in their World Series rematch with the Phillies. They beat them 4-3 last night. Not good news there, too, though, as Astros starter Jose Urquidy exited that game in the sixth inning because of shoulder soreness. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so busy weekend. Austin FC played to a 2-2 draw on Saturday night. Their winless match streak continued. They, they, They're pretty terrible right now. They, they broke that, that uh, what was it, scoreless goal streak. They did break that with two goals on Saturday night. But yeah, they uh, then they struggled on defense. Yeah, they're not a very good team right now. You're right about that, which is surprising coming off the year that they had a year ago, uh, playing into the final four. But uh, you know, they they finally got some goals on the board, but they gave up two. And uh, after the game, Josh Wolf called them sloppy goals that they gave up. They went nearly 400 minutes without a goal, and they finally Man. got one. Uh, Emiliano Rigoni's goal was the first in, in the, the 40th minute, but he also had a breakaway goal that would have been should have been an easy goal, and he, he just a disaster for the for the Austin FC. They are struggling, as uh, Joe Namath would say. Uh, Round Rock also playing good baseball, by the way. They crushed Albuquerque yesterday, 13 to eight. So they're they're playing really good baseball out at Dell Diamond. So what a weekend it was! The good, the bad, and the ugly. Bucky had a dream that Marvion Overshone would be a Cowboy and. The dream came true, my friend. But you also set your alarm for two thirty this morning. So. Yeah, so that that dream is. I'm still doing that right now as we speak. Still dreaming. Oh man, that hour of sleep, you can never get that back. You know what I'm saying? No, I just. Plus, when you when you then try to lay back in bed with your clothes on, it just oh. doesn't work. You spend all that whole time looking at the clock, wondering you're if thinking, you're going to be late. I get back down to no clothes. Yeah, just... that's what I was thinking. Come on, do I? Don't. Nah, just lay right here. You'll be fine. You'll get a good hour in there. No, you won't. I'm trying to take you back to last night when you set your alarm. How did you? What, you, what was in know. your head when you put it for? Just, you probably didn't see it clearly, right? No, I did not. I did not. And I, of course, I looked over and, I'm like, and then I looked at my clock. I'm like, come on, dude. Now you're all dressed. What are you going to do? You're going to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's a shame. That's how you start your week. That's not how you want to start a Monday. Not, you know? not Mondays this, are not Mondays, this week, anyhow. And not this week. And with you got the mullet open and the mini mullet open, we've got coming up this week, but uh, it's exciting, and we look forward to seeing everybody I'm, I'm out excited. there. I'm, I'm excited because, you know, for Thursday and Friday, and of course our chefs, our top chefs coming in there. Mm. Well, Travis Tindall Travis from Hayes Tindall, yeah. City oh, Store, yeah. he's a great partner Thursday. and friend. He'll be making the burgers on Thursday, and those are some damn good burgers. Mm-hmm. Be out there just to have a burger. Lunch by Golden Chick. <laughs> also, uh, lunch at Golden Chick. And look, look, look at Ty and his eyeballs. the rolls. Bringing the rolls, yeah. <laughs> bringing the rolls. Ty eats 12 of those at a sitting. That's not right. It's disgusting. But then uh, on Friday night, the coup de gras oh, yeah. is uh, Wayne Miller. Wayne is all excited. Uh, Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas, the iconic Louis Miller Barbecue. He'll be cooking it up for Friday after the ground of golf at uh, Lost Pines Resort. Let's dive into your coach's corner here on this Monday morning to get you launched. It's uh, brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. I want to thank Tom for his 85-incher and his 55-incher for Thursday and Friday. Uh, the giveaways. Yes. Giveaways. Also, for Tom McKay, for giving us the great hockey picks. Did he pick? I think he missed the Boston Bruins. All right. I think, I think everybody missed that. God, that's a crusher, man. 
to have that kind of season. I bet he's happy though because his daughter left the star. Like she was a Stars fan, then moved to Boston and, and decided became to Bruins. Well, let's put this out there. Maybe we'll do a Twitter poll because Twitter polls are fun. What is the greatest team never to win it that didn't win a championship in team sports? Who is that that didn't win the championship? What is that? For me, it's going to be the New England Patriots. Uh, what was the year? Um, they run together, but you know when they were eighteen and zero, and Tom Brady and Randy Moss, and the greatest all one of the you know, Tom Brady. That was the year where Tom Brady threw fifty touchdowns and like eight interceptions. It was ridiculous. Mine's is always the Minnesota Vikings. Period. They're not going to win that, gonna win that poll. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. Well, you know what though. Uh, the year where where your guy missed the kick, Gary Anderson. Oh come late, on! And that team, the the, the Minnesota was that Vikings. Was the Brett Favre hang out with us year? No, it was no, the year before. No, 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 no. No, that was before. That was two thousand and eight. Or two? Uh, no, no, no. Two thousand and uh, they were right? Nineteen ninety eight is what that was. Why am I thinking two thousand? Nineteen ninety eight Minnesota Vikings is a good one because they were unbelievable. Right? They were like fifteen and one. Right. And they got to the postseason, and had they won that game, if they had gotten to the Super Bowl, they would have played the Denver Broncos, who were also like a two-loss team, and they were going for back-to-back with John Elway, would have set up one of the greatest um, you know, seasons, or Super Bowls maybe ever, with two teams that were you know, one and two-loss teams, but My they couldn't make the My guy missed a can kick. of corn. Yeah, wow. They, they couldn't get there. I mean, they had that, Randy Moss. Randy Moss was a part of both of the maybe two of the greatest teams not to get there because Moss was on that team in a fixture, and then, then he was for Tom Brady in the year that they were pushing the undefeated thing. Yeah, they went fifteen and one that year, Buck, and Jeez. lost to the Atlanta Falcons and the Dirty Bird. That's right. Oh, and the guy he hadn't missed a kick all year long. Gary Anderson and he misses the kick. I don't know how that's still don't know how that happened. And as we said with Boston last night, the Bruins. To be a minute away from advancing, you're up three to two. You got this thing in Game Seven. You're going to move on. Um, you know, Florida pulls the goaltender to put the extra attacker on the on the ice, and they get the the equalizer. And then you knew at that point this Uh-oh. is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And uh, yeah, down they go. Yeah, your Minnesota Viking '98: Randall Cunningham, Chris Carter. Robert Smith, Randy Moss, fifteen and one. Come on, smooth Robert, Doctor Smith. All right, uh, here's how it went for the Longhorns: five players drafted, kind of all around where we thought they would. We knew, you know, we had Bijan pegged at Atlanta, and if he didn't take him, they didn't take him. We thought maybe Philadelphia at ten, uh, but uh, Atlanta takes Bijan. We talked a lot about that on Friday, and then Saturday or Friday. This is where I thought Roshan Johnson would go in the in the in the but around, around the ninetieth pick, right? We kept saying that, right around ninety, maybe even those comp picks at the end of the third round. But instead, it was Demarvion Overshone, like Bucky's dream indicated, and uh, pre- previewed, drafted with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Now, listen to Lewis Riddick of ESPN. We played this earlier, but it bears playing again. You know, there can be some mixed reviews on this Demarvion Overshone pick because he's a converted safety who hadn't played a lot of linebacker. But as you said, Buck, his best football to come, potentially. Here's Lewis Riddick, ESPN's lead draft analyst, really likes this pick for your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, DeMarvion Overshone, a converted safety, Lewis, and you see it when you watch him on tape. Listen, I get excited talking about this dude. All right, 6'2", 230, 4'5", 6'. Look, I, I talked to Sark, Steve Sarkeesian, about DeMarvion Overshone. He is a freaking heat-seeking missile. Period. Every hit is like that. Every single one. And he has really, really taken to the key and diagnosed part of the game, both in terms of his run fits and his pass fits. He knows exactly how to pattern match. It's getting better and better. He's a guy who has good hands. 
He can stay on his feet, take on blocks. It's the hits, though. It's the impact hits, and he is a hell of a special teams player. Dallas has got them one right here, and he's not too far away, right right down the street in Austin. You're going to go right up now, going on up there to Frisco. This kid right here is one of the most unsung, I believe, sleepers in this draft. I know it's a third round. It's not that much of a sleeper. But the Marvion Overshone is the real deal. Him and Micah Parsons together, oh, boy, that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean – Overshone looks like yeah. I mean, I mean, if he's two thirty, he looks more in the side, going towards two forty five more than two thirty. Well, he, he is big. I mean, he's yeah. a well, big. He's got guy. long arms and broad shoulders. Yeah. but he's kind of lean and, and, and uh, it's a tall six. T- I mean, I'm thinking of six three. He is. Well, he's, he's big. He, we said all through the draft process that man, Cowboys Demarvion. It just seems like. You know, Dan Quinn's idea of positionless football, he fits that. He likes big safeties that are rangy and can cover. Now this is a what you would consider an undersized linebacker. But if he plays at 235, how undersized is he? And when he can run like he does, right? He ran in the four fives and will strike you. Well, as, maybe I'm wrong about Van Der Esch. Maybe Van Der Esch is more closer to the Van Der Esch the is pretty thicker, right? Van Der Esch plays 245. Okay. Big boy. But, yeah, very athletic. I mean, that's... So you liked about Van Der Esch coming out of Boise State when he did. Uh, all right, so DeMarvion goes. There's Lewis Riddick's thoughts, and uh, obviously DeMarvion was overwhelmed. And those are the great scenes when the call comes, and you know it's the Star Complex, and you can see it on your caller ID, and you just get the chills and the goosebumps, and uh, the whole family gets going. It's really awesome. Now Roshan Johnson then had to wait on to Saturday, and that's a tough. You know, go to sleep. You knew, you know, Roshan knew he wasn't going to get picked on the first round, but he thought right. maybe on day two he got to go to sleep on Friday night, not being picked. But you knew it was going to come pretty early, and it did. Roshan Johnson to the Bears at pick one fifteen, and I thought Chicago had a real nice draft. We'll go through some of the top drafts coming up from the whole weekend. But listen to this, Buck, the guy that uh, John City. Sighty, S-Y-T-Y. He was the Bears' Southwest Area Scout, who was the lead scout on DeMarvion Overshone, or excuse me, on Roshan Johnson, and pounded the table for him. Uh, and how about this? He said, uh, he said, and we know this about him, he said, but he was talking to the, to the Chicago media. All right, who's this guy, Roshan Johnson? So they brought the lead scout, and he said, this human being is wired differently. The more time you spend around him, the more you realize you're the one that probably has the stuff that you need to be working on. He's that kind of guy. This is a young man who has some pretty special qualities in terms of leadership. He's someone we really feel can be a pillar in our organization for a long time. I really feel strongly about this guy. I'm excited you guys get to meet him. There's a level of it factor to the kid. The second he walks in the room, you guys are all going to feel it. And then he got emotional. He got choked up. He's like, man, we can't believe we got this guy. Would pick 115 uh, in Chicago to go with you know Justin Fields and DJ Moore and the rebuild effort. Also, there Deontay Foreman. Remember they they signed him. Uh, they also you know because they, they remember David Montgomery who was their lead running back last year. He's now in Detroit. Right. It's part of the reason the Lions traded DeAndre Swift. So Roshan's gonna have a chance to go in there and compete to be the. Uh, you know, Bears a, a did a good rotation. job in the draft. There were, a lot of teams got a lot better. Well, I think I agree, and we'll run through some of the uh, the top ones. But yeah, Bears had a good draft. I mean, remember they gave up the ninth pick or the first pick to go back to nine, and then if they got DJ Moore, which is something they absolutely wanted, it wasn't a great wide receiver draft this year. So the Bears got an experienced twenty five year old, you know, go to wide receiver in that move, which was kind of their intention when they made it, but then you know the draft picks, including Roshan Johnson, I thought really strong for the Chicago Bears. And again, we'll run through some of the uh, the best drafts and best picks of the weekend. But on the Longhorns, Buck, the other uh, picks were Keandre Coburn to the Chiefs. You know, they're always looking to stuff the run and have guys at the, the point of attack. They get him in the sixth round. Yep. And then the Eagles sl- uh, snagged Moro Ojimo 
who, as we've talked about, Buck, I think he, Ojimo and Roshan and DeMarvion's best football to come, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. two of them made position changes in college, uh, and it feels like their their best football could be ahead of them. And not to say Keandre Coburn and Bijan Robinson's aren't, but you know those those are five picks. No, none for the Longhorns a year ago. Five this year. Ojimo is not going to be pressed into action in Philadelphia either. I no, mean, he's he's they'll give him some time to to grow and you know. Get, well, get his head right before they start. Forget growing. I don't know if he can beat those dudes out that are sitting on that line right now. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Um, they got a whole bunch of guys that are really, really good. Yeah. At his press conference, more, I mean, uh, Howie Roseman, who's getting a lot of plaudits for his draft again this weekend and the trade he made for DeAndre Swift, the, the juggernaut he's built there pretty quickly. But he was asked about Morrow, and he said, our seventh-round pick, when we talk about him, is a guy that, who has traits in his body. He's got 34-inch arms, went to Texas as a 16-year-old, tremendous testing. He's got positional versatility, was standing out on our board. We're excited to get him that late in the draft. Well, they're so. building quite a defense there. Was it a surprise for you that he went after Coburn did? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but again, when you get to the sixth and seventh round, you everybody's board is different, so it's hard to predict, and everybody has needs that they're they, they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And and flyers they may want to take. I shouldn't say flyers, but guys that they they really like and covet at a, at a that fits their their scheme. You know, fits with their you know somebody that they lost and they can grab it. And Keandre Coburn for their uh, he's gonna be playing behind Chris Jones and that game wrecker in Kansas City. Uh, by one other piece of good news for Longhorn football, Buck. In addition to those guys drafted, Anthony Cook signed with the Chiefs. Speaking of Kansas City, Deshaun Jameson signed with the 49ers. You know what else happened yesterday in the world of football? Sunday the transfer portal closed. And the Longhorns didn't have anybody else jump into it. Uh, and that's that speaks well of the culture for Steve Sarkeesian. So that's good. Is anybody jumping out of the basketball portal? Yeah, well, that was the gut punch on Friday with Man. Ron Holland. We'll we'll get into that for Texas basketball because that was a killer. Losing the uh, the top, the only freshman you know high school player you had left in your class on Friday. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. But yeah, for the Longhorn football team, well, because there was obviously thought coming off the spring game that maybe More Malik, Malik Murphy. Might look into jumping into the portal, and he's sticking here. He's, he believes in Steve Sarkeesian and the development. He believes Sark when he says he'll give him a chance to compete. And uh, Malik Murphy, now that portal will open again, uh, but at the same time for the spring, it's closed as of Sunday uh, for, for portal players. Yeah. And all of Deion Sanders' players are into that portal at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you guys still have a lot, a lot of work to do. There. So in the end, coming out of spring, the Longhorns had guys who were at the under, like down on the third and fourth spots on a depth chart were the ones that jumped into their rot. I mean, the best player that transferred was Brennan Thompson, um, the the speedster. Uh, he went to Oklahoma, but, you know, Jaden Alexis, a receiver, uh, were really guys that, that really weren't going to compete, I don't think, for, for a lot of playing time for Texas this year. They're just looking for another spot. So that, that closed yesterday. We will start looking at the drafts. We'll talk about the unbelievable day and Sunday in sports yesterday with three game sevens. Our buddy Mike Hards let us know that that Patriots team was 2007-8. And that's right, 2008, when the Patriots were 18-0 and going into the Super Bowl. All they had to do was beat the lousy New York Giants. That was a David Tyree catch, right? The David Tyree yep. Velcro on the helmet catch. And, you know, Tom Coughlin, your former boss, Buck, did an mm-hmm. incredible job of slowing down one of the greatest offenses ever to hit an NFL field. And uh, the pass rush, the pressure, they just harassed Tom Brady and... You know, that was a team in, in New England that just outscored everybody. They were so I mean, they were good on Bill Belichick's defense, but the offense was unstoppable. And they got stopped, much like the Boston Bruins did yesterday. Who is the greatest team sports team 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 who is the greatest team in sports history in team sports not to win the championship, not to finish the deal? 
We'll take your vote on that coming up. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings 98 could have been a good one. For That's sure. For sure. But we will uh, pick up these conversations. Best draft, and including our man Dane Brugler of TheAthletic.com. He is out this morning with his drafts ranked 1-32. to 32. Likes, the, likes the Texans a lot. Not as happy with the Cowboys. We'll get you details next. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good, bad, and ugly on a Monday. What was good for you over the weekend? What was bad? And what was just downright ugly? Also asking who is the greatest team in sports history not to win the championship off the heels of what happened yesterday to the Boston Bruins, also to the Milwaukee Bucks. Because the Bruins, you know, obviously have the claim to having the greatest regular season in NHL history. And they didn't even get out of the first round. Uh, so we're getting some good suggestions. This one, this one hits close to home and hits right in the gut. 1983 Houston Cougars. Five slamma jamma. i got to believe my Yankees are near somewhere. Uh, didn't they have a big lead over the Red Sox at one time and lost three straight? Aaron freaking Boone. Yeah. Come on, Booney. Um, how about the Miami Hurricanes team with the call in the end zone against Ohio State? That wasn't their fault. Oh. Well, it was pass interference. You think so? Yeah. Randy Crystal of Austin, Texas made there that you go. call. Make that call, Randy. Make that call. Uh, five, how about the, uh, you know, this is a good one. This says the 90s Atlanta Braves. Because the Braves, with Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin, only won one. Probably should have won more than that with that pitching staff and Bobby Cox and all that they did. But they did win the one. But, yes, for the decade, they... Oh, they were in Bobby Cox forever. I after mean, that. that was... Well, to have that those three arms and then they had other good pitchers on top of it and then Chipper Jones and all the talent they had in, in Atlanta. Yeah, Fred McGriff was a crime dog the there. crime dog. Oh, crime yeah. dog was there. Oh, what I like this texture. The the Miami Heat team, the first year, the big three in Miami were together with LeBron. That's Mavericks. a good one. That's a good one. Mavericks took them down. Yeah, Golden State, 73-9. and nine. 2008 Texas football. If Colt hadn't gotten hurt. Dang what? it. What? 2009. That, that team, uh, a little bit overachieved, of course, the game against Nebraska. But, yeah, Colt McCoy to Jordan Shipley and Quan Cosby was unstoppable. Even Nick Saban wouldn't have been able to stop it. Cold hadn't gotten hurt. Pretty much admitted that it. game. Greg, yeah. Greg McElroy has admitted it since. Said, Cole McCoy stays in that game. We probably don't win. Okay, so we'll take your uh, best games or teams never to win a championship. Also, who gets the highest draft grades coming out of the draft? And I think the key, you know, the big macro question, but coming out of the draft for me is, I mean, I still think the Cowboys are absolutely number two in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But based on what we've seen through the the free agent period and into the draft and what happened over the weekend. Have the Philadelphia Eagles even further separated from them and the rest of the NFC? I believe so. Uh, that's the fear. Because I thought the Cowboys had a nice draft. I mean, I don't have – I mean, I, the, the Shoemaker pick, the tight end in the second round of Michigan, I think was a reach. But obviously the Cowboys were going to take a tight end, and there was a big run on that position. So, you know, that makes sense. But, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, to, to be already in the Super Bowl, you know, to get the uh, Jalen Hurts contract done, lock up your QB – Get Swift out of this deal was unbelievable. Well, start with the picks. I mean, over so if you go back to the 2021 Georgia defense, 2021 Georgia Bulldogs, it's in the conversation of the most dominating defenses in college football history. Right, right. They allowed 2.6 yards per carry. They only allowed one. I think they allowed one team to score. You know, double digits. I mean, it was crazy how great that defense was, and it carried them to their first national championship. Uh, let, me, let me get the number of teams that scored double digits on that defense during the course of the year. Uh, ridiculous what they did. 2.6 yards per carry allowed. 
Now, that defense was better than this year's defense, but this year's defense was still really good. But statistically, the 2021 defense was one of the greatest of all time in college football. Well, Howie Roseman and the Eagles have proceeded to draft the guts of that defense. I mean, in 20, last year's draft, they drafted Jordan Davis, the massive 340-pound tackle, who was a big reason why they allowed 2.6 yards per carry. They also drafted the linebacker, N'Kobe Dean. Well, this year, and they turn around and draft Jalen Carter, who most who watched that defense in 2021 said he was the best player on it, the most dominating player on it, playing next to Jordan Davis, the absolute game wrecker. Now, he fell to them because of the off-field stuff. Um, you know, no one doubts his talent. But if he's if he's mature enough to handle Philadelphia, and you got to think him going to a team that's already got a bunch of his teammates on it, could yeah, be a good played thing in for a him. Super Bowl, yes, uh, yeah, a team with with a, got a lot of good veterans like Philadelphia does, Fletcher Cox, and uh, You're right. And, but then his own teammates are there, guys who you know can help help him along here. I mean, this is familiarity. They also drafted Nolan Smith with pick thirty. He is the edge rusher who got hurt this year in November, uh, had a had a torn pec, but he should be back and fully healthy. Of course, Nolan was the one that draft, ran four three at the combine. Got him coming off the edge now. Then they drafted Keely Ringo. How did they get how did Keely Ringo who ran four three something at the combine? Why did he go so late? Well, I mean the only thing the and end he's is tall out, and he's fast. And he's a competitor. He's an alpha yeah. dog on he, the edge. He was their captain. Was he not their captain for one of them? And he's a he's a playmaker. Now the NFL always look they're not looking for college numbers, they're looking at projections, and the projection on Keely's a little bit stiff. Uh. He's not the most fluid player. Now, but when I look at Keely Ringo, I see a guy that can play corner early but could shift to safety. Yeah, I think they're but gonna probably ship him before it's said and done to be a safety. Because he's big, yeah. long arms, physical, intercepts the ball, up. yeah, yeah, heady ball hawk. But to get those three guys on top of the two you drafted last year, Eagles are building something. They also drafted Moro Ojimo. They drafted Tyler Steen, the offensive tackle out of Alabama, with pick sixty-five, and Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois, with pick sixty-six. Uh, that guy's got a high grade, so they got a safety and a corner with their their picks in the third and fourth round. And then they drafted a quarterback in Tanner McKee because Howie Roseman always drafts a quarterback. But Eagles, and then they trade, you know, kind of a steal for DeAndre Swift, who everybody in the league knew was going to be on the block once they drafted Jameer Gibbs and signed David Montgomery. Well, for one year, you got this guy playing for a contract. They'll probably let him go. Oh, they will. And they didn't give up a lot to get him. No. So now DeAndre Swift comes in to play along with Boston Scott and. uh, gosh, Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell Rashad, Penny. Rashad Penny. That's a great pickup. And so the question becomes, did Philadelphia extend their you know, width and gap between themselves and the rest of the NFC? I think the Cowboys are right there, but obviously the Eagles are in the same division, and they're the team to beat. I also think teams coming out that had good – I think the Detroit Lions, Buck, have put themselves into the conversation. And the Seattle Seahawks. Because we know the Seahawks had the best draft a year ago as far as – Starters drafted six of them. They also had the most snaps played by rookies last year, and they made the playoffs. Well, this year they turned around and drafted Devon Weatherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, then Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's going to play opposite DK Metcalf, and you know catch balls from Geno Smith. They also drafted Zach Charbonnet, the running back out of UCLA, which is an mm-hmm. interesting pick because they already have Kenneth Walker. Now they have a two-headed monster at running back. Uh, like that pick a lot for them. Uh, they had a really, really good draft, and John Schneider, their general manager, is about as good as it gets. Uh, Dane Brugler of TheAthletic.com, he's the one that does that comprehensive draft guide, The Beast. He has come out this morning with his top drafts 1-32. to 32. He has Philadelphia at number 1, 
and has Keely Ringo as the biggest surprise that he was there that late. But Jalen Carter might have been the game, the draft's best player, and they got him at nine to go with an already formidable. Do you think that was their deal the, the whole time with the whole Bijan thing? I don't, well, we'll never know, and I don't know. I don't because the trap for Devont for Swift tells you they were looking for a running back, and they wanted to bring in an upgrade at the position. And he came available. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Hmm. Uh, but you know, when Jalen Carter's sitting there, remember they traded up with the Bears to make sure no one else traded ahead of them to get Jalen Carter, who had slid that far. You know, but you know they still may have taken Bijan. Uh, at the same time, number two on Dane Brugler's list, the Indianapolis Colts, with Anthony Richardson, Julius Brents, the big long arm corner out of K State in the second round, Josh Downs, the wide receiver from North Carolina, who a lot of people had up as a first round draft pick. He went all the way to pick seventy nine. Uh, they had a nice draft. So the Indianapolis Colts, and they ended up with like 12 picks on the day or on the weekend. Uh, but then right behind them in their own division, the Houston Texans, according to Dane Brugler, getting the, two of the draft's top five players or top four players and C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. And Dane was quick to say, he said, these rankings focus only on the players added, not the value or trade comprehension giving up. Right. Unsurprisingly, then the Texans will rank high to getting C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, cornerstone players for the franchise. And uh, Dane also likes the Texans' pick of Jarrett Patterson as a center out of Notre Dame. Now, the Texans in the third round made, um, you know, Nick Casario is making a bunch of trades. He was moving back and up and all over the place this weekend. But in the second round, Buck, they traded up and took Juice Scruggs. Uh, out of Penn State. They needed a center. They didn't really go into the draft with a starting center locked in, so they took one. He's played 62. center and guard. He's good. Yeah, taller guy. Mm-hmm. They really like his projectables, and uh, so they get him. And then I really like their pick at 69, and it will be debated because they, um, they Jalen Hyatt, the, tor- the wide receiver from Tennessee, was still there. And they obviously targeted and zeroed in on, Ohio- on Houston wide receiver Tank Dell. Uh, and they took Tank over Jalen Hyatt. They saw Jalen Hyatt as more of a straight-line speed guy who had some route running that he's got to work on. Tank Dell is one of the quickest players in the draft, lightning off, off the line of scrimmage, and runs great routes. So Tank Dell joins their wide receiver core as a third-round pick. And then uh, Dylan Horton, pick 109 out of OTCU, the leader, the sack leader in the Big 12 this year, went to the Houston Texans. And I like to pick at 167, Buck. Henry Toto. How do we say his name out of Alabama? From Bama. From Bama. Tua Oto. Tua Oto. So D'Amico Ryans gets two Alabama guys, Will Anderson and Tua Oto. Also, then they take Jarrett Patterson, the center from Notre Dame. And I read read that uh, the Texans had him pretty similar grade to Juice Juice Scruggs. So they Hmm. got two centers. But as you said, Juice can play guard. So, I mean, the one thing the Texans did this offseason – they know they have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle and Titus Howard at right tackle. Yeah, they're showing up that old line now. But remember, they traded for Shaq Mason, who had played, had played on the Super Bowl team in Tampa at guard. They also drafted last year 15th overall Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. And now this draft, they get two interior offensive linemen. They will really want to be able to run the football. I mean, it's going to be the uh, the Kyle Shanahan type of offense where you got to be powerful with the run game. And, um, you know, Damian Pierce is a part of that and give your quarterback, C.J. Stroud, a lot of play action opportunities. That's what they're looking for down in Houston. So Dane Brugler says they had the third best weekend. Seattle four, the Chicago Bears five. And as we said, uh, you know, Darnell Wright, uh, Roshan Johnson with pick 115. Uh, Bears five, according to Dane Brugler. Packers six. He liked their draft. Pittsburgh Steelers, Buck. Getting, how about them oh, getting yeah. Joey Porter Jr., son of the great Steeler Joey Porter, with the first pick of the second round. They fielded a lot of phone calls to trade it, but they stuck with it to get a corner that a lot of people had a first round grade on, including you, Buck. Yep. Uh, they liked him a lot. They also are the team to watch for because the Cowboys took the Michigan tight end Shoemaker in the second round. 
Darnell Washington out of Georgia was still on the board, a guy I like a lot. There were reports that there was a medical red flag on Darnell, and that's why he slid to pick 93. We're not privy to those, right? Every team does their medical on a player mm-hmm. at the Combine. Darnell may have had a, a red flag for some teams, so he slid all the way down. But, but Darnell Washington at 265, 270 just feels like a Pittsburgh Steeler kind of player. Uh, so Dane Brugler, those are his top. Detroit's number nine on his list. The Cowboys, according to Dane, 24. 24 on their draft hall over the weekend. He said, uh, in the past, the Cowboys organizational philosophy had been to wait, but he really liked the pick of Mozzie Smith. Uh, applauds them for that pick, but uh, wasn't blown away with the second and third day of their draft. He did like the Overshone pick, but thought Shoemaker was a reach with the pick two at, out of Michigan. So, again, one one person's opinion. Uh, Dane Brugger was one of the best, but at the same time, we won't know how these picks pan out for three, four years. But it does feel like the Eagles, T.Y., does feel like the Eagles separated a little bit, my friend. Uh, yeah, I mean, they. I think they'd probably had a better draft. The Cowboys addressed a lot of uh, the, the biggest needs they had, and then the rest of their picks were kind of luxury picks, in my opinion. That DeMarvion Overshone pick, you could have taken someone that's sure. probably going to make more of an impact next year, but to have a guy like that and like sitting behind, yeah, that dude's going to be in every special teams you have. Yeah, for yeah. Marvin, I love I love the demo pick for them. I I really thought that was a, a spot for Roshan Johnson, but they took Deuce Vaughn later in the draft, which we like, and we'll play that sound again. What a scene for that family to have, you know, Chris Vaughn, his father, who works in the scouting department, calling his son. Uh, in tears to inform him the team had drafted him. That is so awesome. Uh, this says 49ers are way better than the Cowboys. Agree with that? 49ers way better than now. They've been better in January each of the last two seasons in the divisional round of the playoffs. But both games were down to the wire. I wouldn't say way better. No. And I think the Cowboys have had a great offseason, and the 49ers have some quarterback issues they're still dealing with. But yes, the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles are the three best teams, however you want to rank them. I think Seattle is now in the conversation. Uh, and I think the Detroit Lions, yeah, the Lions are there too. Have joined Minnesota as a real threat for that division because Dan Campbell's team. You know, who else Detroit took that I like. In addition to, to targeting players that need positions, because the Lions will be criticized for some of their positional value picks with a running back at twelve and a linebacker at eighteen. But they drafted guys they didn't come in and start immediately and impact their team. Uh, screw the positional value. We want to win right now. They're going to a win now mode. They also drafted though developmentally Hendon Hooker. Detroit right. drafted Hendon Hooker, so they're the team that can let Jared Goff be the quarterback, and they can wait and uh, let this young guy develop. I like that a lot for the Detroit Lions, who are a factor. Uh, so we'll we'll start ranking the divisions as we get going here. Be the but, Browns uh, for the Browns. What are what are the thoughts for the Browns? Sean Watson has to show unbelievable improvement this year, right? I mean, oh, they well, do. They the Cow- need that to happen for them. Well, and the Browns said that he was a big part of their draft picks. I thought the Browns, for not having a first or second round pick, had a good draft. So we'll get into the AFC coming up. That's the NFC, though. Eagles, really good draft. I thought Detroit did a nice job to to address their their their, their needs. Seattle had a great draft again, and they're back in the conversation with Geno Smith right there with the 49ers. And we'll get to the other, went to the AFC South as well. That's where B. John Robinson lands in Atlanta. Coming up, though, T.Y. will lead us through the hot or not topics, things we've missed halfway through this jam-packed Monday on BNE. What's hot? And what's not? Hot not, first day of May. That's hot. It's going to be warm this week, too. Temperatures in the 80s, a lot of sunshine this week. Looking pretty good for the mullet open on Friday. And of course, in the 90s. Muggy and low 90s is what it looks like for the golf tournament coming up on Friday, which is a big part of the week. 
Also, Buck, on uh, a hot or not, several people mentioned, I, I mentioned 2009 Texas if Colt doesn't get hurt. A lot of people were saying 2008 Texas, the team that didn't get to play for the championship because of the uh, the Crabtree game out in Lubbock. And oh, that hurt. That was a Mac Brown team quarterback by Colt McCoy that went 12-1. and They beat everybody else. They gave away. They couldn't. They coughed up the Texas Tech game. Remember, that Tech game was the fourth in a row against you know top 10 teams or top 15 teams, and they lost it. Uh, fell behind early, got back, got the lead, and then couldn't hold the lead. That was a gut punch. And they went on to win the rest of the games, beat Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl on a Quan Cosby touchdown. But they didn't. The Sooners and Florida Gators. Tim Tebow. Is that the year the got, Sooners got wrecked? What, what uh, was no, it? that was USC. It was, a, it was a close game. And that 24-14, I think, was the game in the championship. But Longhorn fans still believe they should have been playing in that game, not Oklahoma. But we know how the tiebreaker rule was in the Big 12. And it was that was that was some crazy radio we were doing wow. then. Because remember, Texas through October beat Oklahoma, who was ranked first. Missouri was 11th. Oklahoma State was 7th. And Tech was 6th. And they lost that Tech game 39-33 and uh, run the rest of the games. It was Colt McCoy's best year, I believe. Dadgum Crabtree. Push him Crab out of bounds. Push him out of bounds. Well, let's not even bring up the current safeties coach at the University of Texas. Oh. <laughs> I won't even bring that up. That was one of the most. Was that the one through the wickets? <laughs> Blake Gideon? Uh, I yeah. was crying. Everybody I had a grown was man. crying. I had a grown man yelling, screaming in my face, tech fan. Oh, and this this conversation, by the way, is based on the Boston Bruins not getting out of the first round after posting the greatest regular season in NHL history. Uh, but yeah, best teams not to win. 90-91 UNLV basketball. 85 Georgetown Hoyas have been mentioned. Pretty good. But yeah, 08 Texas football has been mentioned many times because that was a really good team. And Crabtree wrecked them. Right through the wickets. But, but again, we were doing the watch party at Doc's Backyard, which is still a great place there in South Austin, my buddy Charles. And, I don't, and I'm sure it was the same scene everywhere, but I've never seen a fan base so excited and then so demoralized all in a 20-second span because everybody thought Blake Gideon caught the interception. Everybody. So place went bananas. Everywhere went bananas. And then they looked up because when they stopped cheering, realized, oh, what a second, what happened? He didn't catch the interception because that would end the game. They were going to win it. It went right through the donut. Oh, my god! It went gosh. right through the donut. Didn't, didn't he have like his first career interception against Alabama well, the next year? Now, Blake as Gideon a was a four-year starter for And Texas. played more downs a, than anybody, I believe. He was a really had, good player. He had like one or two interceptions this whole game. That was his freshman year, but yeah, that would have been a game clincher. Dude, that so was so like that, and that ball was not that difficult. It was, And I got in trouble. It did get tipped. There was a tip. There was a finger. But he still should have caught the football. It's in the it was, bread basket. It was no. It went right through the hole, right through the donut. How did he not How did catch it, that? It was like, a, that was a Blake fake probably punt. driving into the facility. And I'm going. Would you guys quit talking about this? <laughs> Wrong with you. I quit because everybody ago. got mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, I, I said that dude would tell you himself that he should have never. Yeah. That should have never been. Definitely. That uh, was like one that your sister throws over to you, right? And it doesn't oh, go through the wicket. You catch really that, right? Twist the knife. I'm not. I'm not twisting. I'm just saying that's like your sister saying, "Here, you catch this." Here, catch this ball. and But it went right through the donut. It didn't touch his hands. I think it went right through the... Yeah, just didn't get his hands on it. Went right to his bread basket and down it went. Uh, but yeah, then everybody was just demoralized. And you knew what was... It's kind of like the Bruins last night. Once they let the goal uh, in with under a minute to play, you just knew the outcome. And of course, they don't push Crabtree out of bounds. And oh my goodness. Skates into the end zone. And oh, just brutal. And that was with no time, right? When he... Uh, no, they had a little bit of time. There's still a little bit of time there. Yes. Time for one more play. 
but they still would have had to score a touchdown if you push them out of bounds there. And that, I mean, that was Earl Thomas, one of the greatest Longhorn right. defensive backs ever that didn't push him out of bounds. But, uh, yeah, two critical plays there prevented the Longhorns from potential. Because I do think the Longhorns would have stacked up very favorably against, because they had crushed Oklahoma earlier in the year, um, which is why Texas fans thought they should have been ahead. But the tiebreaker went to OU. And again, how about a Colt McCoy Tim Tebow matchup, which would have been phenomenal in the championship game? Uh, T.Y., what do you have for us in Hot or Not on a Monday morning? Deion Sanders back in the news uh, with his comments on the NFL draft and the NFL as a whole. Uh, he's ashamed of the NFL that um, for the fact that only one historically black black college player was selected in the draft. Uh, when there's a few guys that are expected to, one of the guys I forget his name, but he signed with the Cowboys. He's from Florida A and M, and there's been kind of a lot of backlash here because clearly, I mean, obviously he left Jackson State this year for a better job, so. Him defending this, what do you what do y'all what do y'all think about that? He's ashamed of the NFL. Do you think was he saying they were excluded? He, he's yeah. I mean, he's basically he said right. that more guys deserved the opportunity to be drafted than there were. Well, it's his. Well, he, he should have stayed to help out. <laughs> that's yeah. Don't that's, kick all your players off your own team for crying out loud. No, but look, that's his opinion. He he played the NFL. He follows the NFL, and he was in that conference, so or in that division of football, so understands the talent level. Well, that's Dion's opinion. We'll take your thoughts on it. Hot Isaiah or not Bolden. on that. Isaiah Bolden was the only player uh, drafted out of Jackson State. Cornerback. Okay. Hey, do you know that... Um, did you see Shohei Otani yesterday in Hot or Not? He hit the, he hit the He hit a home run that was the highest altitude a baseball has ever gone. Since they started right... Since they were able to track the metric... Of longest and highest home runs, its highest point of altitude was the most towering home run ever measured. Wow! How many feet? Uh, Shohei, I, I really think high. Here, I'll let you know on the other side. But amazing! This guy pitches, hits. He is the modern day Babe Ruth. Well, long it's enough to go amazing. over the fence, but high enough to get out of the stadium. Height, maybe. height. not height the longest long. home run, the highest home run. Huh. We will come back, uh, recap all the headlines, including Longhorn baseball. Two up, already have won the series of TCU. They go for the sweep today, and it's the return of Tanner Witt. Also, five Longhorns drafted into the NFL. An incredible day of Game 7s on the ice and in basketball. It's being on the horn.